2: We have a great show planned for you today. You know, Marcy and I will be interviewing the author of Well-Designed Life, Dr. Kyra Bobinette. Her book will give you some ideas and simple techniques to help you design your life, the life that you want to live. I'm Darlene Kvist. Struggle on my name this morning. (laughs) It's one of those mornings. (laughs) I'm a licensed nutritionist and I've been hosting Dishing Up Nutrition." for the past 16 years oh my gosh you know one of my goals as a nutritionist and as the creator of this show and podcast is not only to teach people what to eat but also to help them actually do what they know they need to do to feel better that's the hard part
0: that is sometimes the (laughs) hardest part you're right dar you know when i'm teaching
2: a nutrition class or working individually with a client I'm always asking myself, what can I say or what kind of questions can I ask or how can I get into their head so I can help them make the necessary changes in their eating habits? We were talking about this before we went on air a little bit. We were. That's a big part of our 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 daily counseling. Oh, it sure is. It sure is. So I'm always looking at what is that thing that will turn on the switch in their brain to help them choose eggs over a bowl of cereal mm-hmm. or grilled salmon over pizza. Right. That's I mean, a Simple one. choices. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when this new book, Well-Designed Life, came across my desk, I was really intrigued. Mm-hmm. I thought, here's another set of tools I can use to help people design their life so they can be the person that they really want to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how many people have even thought about that. I don't think a lot. You know, I've been interested in helping people make behavior changes since way back in the early 1960s <laughs> when I was majoring in psychology. You know, Marcy, he, she's here with me. You heard her voice. She's also a licensed nutritionist and has a great interest in helping people make these changes too. Mm-hmm. You, before we went on air, you would said uh, how much of your counseling hour is spent on.
0: Oh, I think I spent 45 minutes talking about how to make the change. Yes. For sure. 15 minutes on nutrition. (laughs) So she's joining us to keep the show together. Yes. We always need that. (laughs) Some days. (laughs) I
2: do. (laughs) So, Uh, good morning,
0: Marcy. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, everyone out there. So the book we're talking about today, the the full title is The Well-Designed Life, 10 Lessons in Brain Science and Design Thinking for a Mindful healthy, and purposeful life. Dr. Bob Annette is a medical doctor who has managed to combine the core principle of design thinking with the neuroscience of behavior change. So, have you ever said this? I know what I should do. I just don't know why I don't do it. Mm-hmm right? Uh-huh. I think I mean, a lot of people have said that. Oh I know and people will sit down with us and say I know everything to do. <laughs> I said I know you do because we've <laughs> talked about it for a year. <laughs> now do it. <laughs> That's right. So Dr. Bobinette is going to give us some interesting solutions for us today and I'm excited to to hear them all and share them with you. So
2: I know that Dr. Bobinette is on the line because our producer told us so. So welcome to the show. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, thank I th- you, I think you're calling in from California, aren't you? yes, that's right so you're up very early, Good morning. <laughs> yeah, so thank yeah. you thank a you s- earlier than you. <laughs> yes, thank you very much for being on, on the show. You know you oh, said my in, pleasure. you said in your book that you spend a lot of time experimenting on your own behavior. I think that's great because then it that's makes great. it really personal. You know, I think yeah. most of our listeners can relate to you on that one because they're us asking, you know, the questions, you know, such as how can I get myself to do the things that are good for me without getting stuck in. And you said this one and I like that you said without getting stuck in fear or self-defeating emotions. You know, you also said, and I I read your book, you can tell that, (laughs) so did Marcy, Um, I'm obsessed with what causes us to behave and feel the way we do, so then you can be more helpful to your clients. And, you know, here's your professional stuff, you teach at Stanford School of Medicine, you created a design firm, you help people in organizations change their behavior for the better and if a person has a habit or a behavior they want to change, you know, this think about this. What have you found that will help the person make the necessary changes? Now that's a big one because that is we a big work on one. this we work on this all the time. So I'll be yeah. quiet now and let you talk a little bit.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So so in my research I found something really interesting, which is that there's basically two types of people when you when you talk about behavior change. Mm-hmm. Uh, one group is what's probably most familiar to everyone, which is that you start off January 1st and you have a New Year's resolution, or you start a diet, or you say I'm never doing that again, only to find out in a little while that there you are doing it again, and then that builds up this terrible side effect, which is you know failure or shame or guilt feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second type of person, though, has the answer, which is that they think like designers. Yes, they basically tweak what they're doing. They they do something called iteration. They iterate on it uh, instead of thinking that they failed. They just slightly adjust something based on what they just learned about what doesn't work. It's... And so their their mindset is completely different. Mm-hmm. And all that matters to get yourself to do what you want to do is that you keep trying something, anything, anything that is next for you. And that's a very specific type of person. And what we're finding is that people who don't think like that can learn to think like that so that they also can be better at changing their own behavior.
2: That's an interesting concept because I know myself pretty well, and I'm one of those people that tweak, as you called it. You know, if something isn't working... I go a little different route, mm-hmm. but I have an idea of where I want to go. You know, I have, I've set a goal and I kind of slice in and go until I achieve it. And I, you know, and I, but it's interesting. Um, Marcy, would you say maybe uh, three fourths of our clients,
0: at least half of our clients, they're not like that? No, no, they just see that it's not working so that they're done. Mm-hmm. Let's not tweak it. You know, and we're always talking about, uh, you know, the tweaking of things, either the diet or the behavior and all of that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yes. would uh, Dr. Bobinette? do you think, what would you say you run into, like 50-50 people are like this? You know, they're, some are just... Actually, we, yeah, we,
1: we have actually more like a 10-90 or 20-80, you know, 80% <laughs> oh. of people that we find interesting um, approach it with a hard fixed, you know, this is my diet, or this is my plan. And if my plan doesn't work, or my goal doesn't work, then I failed. Right. You know, and, and so really just pointing at something different, you know, going into it saying, you're here not to diet, or to change how you eat, you're here to change your mindset. And the weight will follow the mind.
2: Uh huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. To- totally agree with you. You know, you You know, we kind of, this is kind of a new term. I think you think, and I know I do, I think like a designer. I have a mindset like a designer and I'm going to achieve my goal. And you say, then Mm -hmm. there's no failure. So that's right. Go, go into that a little bit more and even give that example of uh, the water example where you were drinking water. And you know, just give me, get,
1: give us some more examples of that, how
2: it really works in real life.
1: Of course. So, you know, there's a part of our brain that basically counts failure. And that same part of your brain has its finger on your motivation. So if you trigger that part of your brain by thinking, oh, I failed or, oh, this is failing or, oh, I didn't do the thing, then that part of your brain wakes up and kills your motivation to try again. So all we're trying to do is go around that part of the brain and never wake it up right? And so, you know, for example, when somebody I knew had set a goal for drinking more water, she, you know, did it really well, like most of us for about a week. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) then the second week started to slip, which is very typical. And then by the third week, she completely stopped doing it. And, and, you know, there's, there's all kinds of reasons, but for her in particular, she had a job where she couldn't drink that much water because she couldn't you know, go use the restroom that often, right? right. Teachers didn't realize it, but but it was not it was not feasible. It, was, it wasn't she wasn't able to do that for a whole day, and so that's why she backed off. It wasn't because she was bad or because she was wrong or anything like that. So she had to tweak again. The magical word, iteration or tweaking, what she was doing so that it fit to her life.
2: So, you know, that's that drinking that water is something we hear over and over. Not being able to go to the bathroom, teachers. Yeah. They can't yeah. leave the classroom. And so it's always trying to figure out, okay, how can you do this? You know, yes. Right. So I
0: agree. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Interesting. You, well, you know what? We actually have to take a break. Really? So already? Yep. It's already time for that. So why, why don't we dig into the break and then we'll.
2: Just hold with us.
0: (laughs) Yes, we'll be back shortly. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And today our special guest, Dr. Kyra Bobinette, is discussing key concepts from her new book, Well-Designed Life, 10 Lessons in Brain Science and Design Thinking for a Mindful, Healthy and Purposeful Life.
2: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, our topic today is focused on the book well-Designed Life, written by Dr. Kyra Bobanet. This book an, has an interesting concept in it, that each of us has the power to design our life. You know, of course, as nutritionists, I believe that we can design a plan for what we eat and when we eat hmm. if we make a conscious decision to do so. That's right. When we eat, sometimes fall apart on us. So. <laughs> Classes and counseling can definitely help, but in reality... It is up to each of us as individuals to do it. In my opinion, knowing what foods make you feel the best and think the best is the starting point of well-designed life. And that's what we talk about all the time. That
0: is for sure. That fits right in. So, Marcy, I know you wanted to kind of go back at the very beginning a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just for a minute, um, Dr. Robinette, I had a question for you. So you were talking about, you know, the designers and the non-designers. And, and uh, Dar had brought up, you know, people, you know, getting stuck in fear or in that self-defeating emotion. How much uh-huh. of that do you think plays into whether you're a good designer or not a designer at all, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I mean, it turns out that emotion is everything in terms of driving our behavior. You know, we can't make a choice without having an emotion. You mm-hmm. know, if you cut off all of your emotion centers, you wouldn't be able to have any choices or, or even know what you want to eat, you know, at all. Right. Um, so, you know, it's it's really the the trick here is to manage so that with the designer's mindset and thinking like a designer and thinking I'm designing this, you know, that, that puts you in charge, that puts you in a more positive light. And it also helps to protect you against the negative emotions that might kick up from your, usually from your subconscious when you try to do something new.
2: Mm -hmm. Right, Right. You know, it's kind of interesting. I think that's one of the things as we're working with clients and maybe it's not a typical nutritionist or dietitian's role, but that's how we practice, mm-hmm. is we mm-hmm. try to help people, well, I guess, you know, think in a positive way about everything mm-hmm. and change that emotion, you know.
0: Yeah, thinking positive toward their food. You yes. know, a lot of people come in with, I have bad food, I have good foods. Well, mm-hmm. all food is okay. Let's just find the best food for you and make that change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, putting that emotion, they're taking the emotion and setting it in a different way. So the big piece of your book is, you know, how to design our own life. So, you know, I wonder how many people sit down and think about the life they want to live and how many people know they actually have the power to do to design their own life. Like Dar was saying earlier, I mean, how many people are really thinking about designing their own life? You know, I know I take time to think about that. and, And Dar brought that up, too. So how do you get to the place of thinking about doing that in your own life? You know, some people are maybe raised to think, you know, just to problem solve. Like and I you, was. Yeah, you know? try and, and and then, you know, to fail. And on the other hand, there are others who are just not in touch with their power to design their own life at all. So can you talk a little bit about that, Dr. bobinet how you get people to learn this design thinking? Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. absolutely. So I think I think the first part is just, you know, whether you're a nutritionist or a person who's trying to help your family member, that the the idea is that you just set the ex- different expectation, you know. So instead of thinking, I'm going to start a diet or I'm going to start a program or I'm going I'm to do this, instead of focusing on the what, you know, focus on the why, which mm-hmm. is that you are here to experiment. And so having that mm-hmm. shift in someone's Approach from the very beginning helps them to understand this mindset, and then also just telling them that, you know, hey, it's all about thinking like a designer. If you just think like a designer, you will have the eating habits that you really, really always wished you would. And you know, I, I grew up, and I grew up in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I, I probably had three meals a day through a drive-through. At, at various points in my life. Wow. And I was very addicted to fast food and mm-hmm. the worst food you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And I was heavier than my peers because of that. And I felt all of these things, right? And mm-hmm. so being able to, you know, tweak, you know, do, do one less uh, visit to the drive through a day, you know, or per week, you know, just starting out small, see what you can get yourself to do and. That interest and that curiosity helps to counteract all these negative emotions we have about ourselves.
2: So, Dr. Babonenko, go into that in a little more detail because that certainly is something that we deal with with clients all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How did you actually train your brain or tr- change your behavior to eliminate going once a once a day? You know, mm-hmm. to to finally. Not, not going for fast food at all. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, exactly. So, you know, in the brain, there is uh, there's a study that was done watching people's brains when they choose food, mm-hmm. and in one group of people who were of normal weight, they showed that they chose, based on asking the question to themselves, which of these is the most healthy option? So let's say you're in a salad bar or you're in a uh, buffet-type situation, those people would, would uh, pick food based on the health qualities of the food. Other people who struggled with weight or who were like me going to the drive-thru three times a day um, looked at it through a different lens. They asked the question, which of these is going to taste the best, right? Which is mm-hmm. very short-term thinking. Right. So part of it is, is learning to ask a different question that triggers your brain in a different way. And in my case uh, with the three times a day, I asked myself the question, How can i go so how can I eat something else besides drive through you know today or, mm-hmm. or for breakfast? How can I go a little longer without going through the drive through can i can I go one more hour before I go through the drive through and just putting that space in there, you know a, a day became a week, a week became a month, a month became a year, and right now um, you know I relapsed every couple of years but Right now I'm on, you know, two years without going through a drive-thru. <laughs>
0: Great. Very nice.
1: <laughs> and, 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 you know, it just, it just does that. And, you know, it allows your brain to, to, to catch up with you too because our, our brains actually take your behavior and they pave a road to make that behavior easier that you repeat all the time. So if I repeat drive through drive through drive through then I'm going to get that kind of brain. Yes. If I repeat stretch, stretch, stretch between the drive throughs that it will it will construct that that road for me as well. That is
2: a powerful actually. That's powerful kind of behavior change, and you're in control and in charge.
0: Right. And and, and I, like I always tell my clients, just practice one thing, get really good at it, and then you move on to the next thing. And I think that's what you're saying, Doctor Bobinette. You just kept practicing, kept practicing, and then you kept, and then you moved on. And that's and the other thing I liked you, what you said was you know instead of using the word change you use the word experiment yes it's so much less daunting to people hey let's just try this experiment you know what Mm -hmm. if it fails we'll try something different you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. instead of oh my gosh we're going to change yeah so i like that dr rambert that was great you know the
2: other example that you gave in your book that i really liked and because of course we're working with people who are trying to get them to eat better oh north east signaling you know let me put it out so when we come back from break you'll have an idea what we're going to talk about but you had an example of how you helped your daughter uh, change her eating getting off of the junk food wanting junk food all the time and into healthier eating and i think it's it was great. I mean, it's
0: simple, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll leave it as a cliffhanger. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Have you ever thought you could design the life you want to live and make the necessary changes to live that life? Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Bob Annette said we can easily learn how to design elements of our lives. But what about using design thinking to improve our health? A powerful concept. And we'll be back.
2: Well, welcome back to Dishing
0: Up Nutrition. As you
2: know, we teach many, many nutrition classes throughout the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area and online at WeightAndWellness.com. You know, here's one example of a client who made the decision to design her life in a different way. She she took the nutrition for weight loss program, and here's some things that she said. I started listening to Dishing Up Nutrition podcast and liked the idea of no processed foods and no counting calories. How did it work? Well, she said, I lost 13 pounds, my clothes fit better, and my health has improved.
0: That's right, and some of you may be wondering, well, how did her health improve? She had fewer hot flashes, better sleep, fewer leg cramps, and she also said, I like the honesty and the great tips from the instructors. But she also said one other thing
2: that I wanna add, Mm -hmm. It is a lot of planning and it takes a lot of work. But when I follow through, it is so worth it. That's right. And that's
0: all about designing your life. Yes, exactly. For sure. So when we left um, the, before break, we were talking about, or Dar asked the question, Dr. Bobanette, how you had gotten your daughter to you know, stop eating junk foods. So how did you, how did you redesign that for her?
1: Yeah, you know, as a parent, I think we're dealing more and more with uh, everybody has a birthday party at the, at the mm-hmm. school and they bring home stuff and people swap things out for lunch. So it just feels like they go into this world of junk food counter and then they come back home with all of it in their pockets and their backpacks and all over the place. So basically I noticed this and I was I was just puzzled. How do I help her, you know, because I, I could see that she was trying to have unhealthy Eating habits. She was also feeling lethargic. She also was gaining some belly fat and things that are kind of indicative of this. And so I, I basically started to work with her on, you know, having a little bit, you know, each day. So I, I would shrink it, and I also would throw away anything that she didn't have that so wasn't lying around, and I also hid it. So mm-hmm. what what the brain does is that it focuses on the tasty food if it can see it, yes. right? Mm-hmm. It's like you or have a dog, it just kind of like can't stop looking at the treat, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're the exact same way. And so I would just basically put it in the cupboards or I would put it in the freezer or I would throw it away if I could um, after they went to bed. Mm-hmm.
2: So you also did another trick, I thought. Mm-hmm. You would redesigned your refrigerator somehow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that I've talked to it really get a good... Uh, change out of that for their whole family, you know, because they put things that are healthy at eye level, just like the grocery stores do, you know, that mm-hmm. want us to buy the things that are at eye level. They don't and put healthy things better. out though. <laughs> the grocery no, store. unfortunately, but, but we can use that same trick to help ourselves. Right. So, yes. so we reverse design that. And then, you know, my, my fridge looks very different, you know, clear containers. I had to get rid of some things, uh, but I could, you could do that gradually. If it's too expensive to do it all at once, you know, because I was, I was a single mom, and so I needed to have a little bit of uh, time to convert.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I do for myself is because I'm on the move a lot, and sometimes for little snack ideas, I need a protein shake. So I make up extra protein mm. shakes. Just put them in the front of the refrigerator. So that it's the first thing that I grab and nothing else. Right. I mean, I th- that's, I'm that's, i sure you do something like that, too. Oh,
0: yeah, just simple things. But I actually did the same thing you did, Dr. Bobinette, even before I read your book. I, and when I saw it in there, I'm like, oh, I do that, too. But I, my kids, I put it all at their eye levels because if they don't see healthy food, they're not going to eat it. You know, or eat anything, right. right? And so, Marcy has twins. How old are they? They are going to be 12 soon. Okay. So, oh, that's cute. Yeah, but, you know, I think it works well. If they mm-hmm. can see that they have some, you know, whatever's right there, they'll grab that instead of go to the pantry. So, so great tip right there. You know, and, and as we're teaching people, you know, how to eat and putting them on an eating a plan, you know, we design their days and weeks To follow to help them follow this plan, and they'll be on it. They'll lose the weight. They'll have more energy, fewer aches and pains, and probably feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll come back and say, "I feel great." But then they come back maybe a couple weeks later, and they're saying, "Hmm, you know, kind of things aren't going so well. They fell off. They became distracted. You know, for one reason or another, and they're not losing weight, and they're frustrated. So, you know, why why are we seeing that and and what would you say dr Bobinette?
1: yeah this this is what we're up against right mm-hmm. and and it's uh it is the most frustrating thing and you know it's, it's one of those things that if we expect to be on a diet or on a plan or on a whatever um then we're focused on that instead of the experiment then we are going to get frustrated so if, if we know that it's an experiment and we say oh in the experiment, the results were: I started ignoring my plan. You know, then we can start to tweak it. And and again, going back to the area of the brain called the habenula, mm. the habenula is is right there waiting to uh, register any failure that you think you have, and then to control your motivation. And so, when people find that when they're frustrated, they stop wanting to try again. That's the clue that that's what's happening in your brain. It's, it's basically affecting your motivation to try again. So if there's a way to kind of tell yourself, oh, I just learned what didn't work, you know, great, yay, good for me, and then reframe it and and go back to, all right, so now what's going to get my attention? You know, that only got my attention for a week, which was great, but then I, then I forgot it, you know? So that's that's the kind of mindset again that we have to continue to look for the next thing.
2: You know, in in fact that fits in pretty nicely because you know in our nutrition for weight loss program, we don't we don't weigh people in our classes. No. Because we want them to focus on their healthy eating and not on mm-hmm. the number on the scale. You know, I've heard it over and over from clients. If people focus on the number, they'll if it's going to be a weigh-in day, right. they'll starve themselves before they weigh in. But then as soon as they've weighed in, they'll go off. They, they're they joining their friends for pie. I hear that all the time. Yeah. Or ice cream or whatever it is. <laughs> so really, our goal fits in pretty nicely with your book for, to help people kind of look at eating real food, not just diet, 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 and weigh in and then go binge.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we encourage them to track their food and not their weight. Mm-hmm. So I know you've done a lot of research on tracking. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, cause I think most people yeah. think in terms of, okay, I'm tracking, I wanna track my weight. Well, or I'm gonna track, you know, how far I run or something like that. But you uh, you take it at a different step. So yeah, absolutely. I'll let you talk. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, uh, just going back to that point, you know, when people run out of ideas or they see that something's not working, the best thing is to have a nutritionist as a partner to help you, you know, what's called ideate in design thinking. It just coming up with more ideas about mm-hmm. what could work, you know, and then finding one that you're attracted to. So then once you have something that you're trying, right, then then you want to track against that. You want to say, is it working? You know, tracking is really just saying, is this working or is it not working? Yes. And becoming aware, using using brain resources, because the brain is very stingy. It doesn't want to spend any extra attention that it doesn't have to. And so tracking is basically a discipline of, hey, let me just on purpose pay attention to this thing, because it's probably getting the better of me and it's a pattern that I need to know about. But what happens is that once I know about the pattern, then long-term tracking really becomes exhaustive, right? It's just a phase that Mm -hmm, that at the beginning, when you're starting, you need to learn a different way and you need to have awareness of what your old habits were doing and what your new habits are going to do for you.
2: I think, you know, in fact, if you can say that over, because I think that is key what you just said,
1: um, mm-hmm. you know. About the tracking? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we probably can track for a good 3 weeks solid. Mm-hmm. And then maybe another, maybe up to 16 weeks or four, four months is, is what our brain can handle. But what we're really doing with tracking is we're just taking a, a beginning step in understanding the truth and using our awareness of what's kind of getting the better of us. And, and what might be a better way to do things. And, mm-hmm. and being able to watch that process through tracking is really helpful.
0: It is. It is. I, I'm always telling people, find the pattern, and then we can work with that. Mm-hmm. You know, know what your pattern Love is. it. Yeah. You know, and it's
2: like in, use actually using your brain yeah. to help develop better
0: behavior patterns. Right. Yeah. So that when you relapse, as we sometimes do we can, you know, we can learn how to avoid it or find different, you know, we'll know our pattern and we'll know how to get back more quickly. So I think, um, can you talk a little bit about relapse? I know that we, you sort of touched on it earlier in your fast food um, journey that you you do do that every now and again, but you talk about it in your book. Can you expand on the relapse yeah. portion? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it really helps people to understand how their brain works with relapse.
1: So let's say you have an old highway that you go to work on or you go to visit your friend on. And that's your bad habits, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's paved. It's very fast. It's part of the fast brain. And then I try to do a new route. I tr- I try to do a new journey, you know, better habits, better eating habits in this case. Then my brain's going to build a new highway because I've repeatedly try- told it, This is important to me. I'm going to practice this. I'm going to keep doing it. And the longer I do it, the more paved and fast that road gets. What people don't Mm -hmm. realize is that forever and ever, from that point forward, you have two highways. And so when relapse happens, it just means that you somehow got distracted or tired or stressed, and you went onto the old highway just mindlessly, you know? Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is pull off the highway, go back onto the new highway that you'd rather be on, Right? And and no big deal, you know. But it's because we make it a big deal, because it's you know, we know it's gonna happen and yet every time it happens we're completely shocked, you know. Right. Um, And then you think you failed. Yeah, and so what I do from the beginning is it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you will relapse. Oh embrace it. Say, What is it that triggered me? Or I don't even want to know what triggered me. I'm just going to go back onto the other highway that I'd rather be on. Right? Yeah. No big deal. So there's a lot of different sort of mental strategies to get yourself back into the area of your brain that you'd rather be in. Mm-hmm.
0: Perfect. Okay.
2: Perfect. You know, you know, uh, we we need to take another break, quick. But you know, when we come back, think about some of this, and let's talk a little bit more about changing pathways because. Uh, That's new thinking for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can Mm -hmm. come up with some other
0: examples when we come back. Mm -hmm. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. On July 23rd, we start a new series of Nutrition for Weight Loss group classes at all seven of our locations. Or you can start the online version of Nutrition for Weight Loss anytime at your convenience. If part of your well-designed life is to change your nutrition to experience better health, I recommend or suggest even taking our 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss series. It's a real food eating plan that is designed to reduce cravings, increase energy, drop extra pounds, and get rid of aches and pains. So call 651-699-3438 to sign up or go to online at weightandwellness.com for more information.
2: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're struggling with low moods and fatigue, I want to remind you that excess sugar and foods that turn into sugar, like bread and pasta, block the reception of serotonin into your cells. So you don't benefit from the serotonin that you've just produced in your small intestinal tract. Mm -hmm. You know, my tip today for better moods is to cut out eating sugar and process carbs. Just try it for three weeks and see how much better you feel. It's that
0: experimenting it is that experimenting Mm -hmm. good job so we want to thank dr. Bobinette for joining us this morning it's been such a pleasure to have her on the show and she's written just a great fascinating book I really enjoyed it the well-designed life dr. Bobinette is the CEO of engaged in a neuroscience based design firm that specializes in changing behavior and she
2: has a lot of good information in her
0: book A way Mm -hmm. to
2: think about behavior in a different way. So I encourage you to tune in next week to listen to Carolyn and Joanne as they discuss how foods can help you prevent hair loss and hair thinning. Mm.
0: That'll be a good one. Uh A lot of people people. are concerned about that. Yeah, Very much. Yes. So where were we before we went on break? Well, I think we wanted Dr. Bobinette to talk a little bit more about those pathways. Yes. So if you can go down that road. Mm Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely okay go ahead yeah so yeah so you mean the the two highways right
1: yeah so you know it's a good way it's a good metaphor for people because oftentimes we have this kind of all-or-none thinking that is wrong it's not what's going on in the brain and also there's a false expectation that somehow when our bad habits go away that the machinery that made those happen is also gone you know and they'll never come back and so having this metaphor of the two highways the old habits and the new habits and that you always 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 have both available to you and you and you can build one up or the other and and the brain is, doesn't care the brain's just going to do what you tell it to do and so you know you you get to choose and and some part of the magic is if you find yourself on the old highway all you have to do is exit the highway? You don't right. have to be there, and and what they also find is that in you know National Weight Loss Registry, which is a measure of how tens of thousands of people actually lose weight and succeed, uh, they find that the people who spend the least amount of time in their relapse state, it, back on that old highway, have the longest and the
0: best success.
2: So they know how to detour back to the. Good pathway or the
0: other pathway. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it just takes practice. Mm -hmm. practice It takes practice.
1: practice. I I also, I don't know what you've noticed, but I've noticed that people who are good at that, they have usually a little slogan, a little trigger word or trigger phrase like tomorrow's a new day. You know, so if I go to a party and I have a little piece of cake and that sets off a whole monster inside of me and I start eating the entire cake... Um, and uh, and everything else in sight. Then the next day, I, I start with a slogan. You know, mm-hmm. well, I didn't go all the way back. You know, I, I'm better off than I used to be. Those kinds of phrases that people say themselves are super important, so they don't they don't continue to fall and and tumble and tumble and tumble.
2: That's well, right. I, th- I think Dr. Barry Sears in his book The Zone said very much the same thing in a way because he said. You can be rebalanced with the next meal or snack. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to go ahead and binge for the next two days on chocolate cake or something. Right,
0: right. And, you know, as I was recovering with my eating disorder years ago, I I had a slogan and I would say, this is who I am today. So if it wasn't going great, this is just who I was that day. The next day I would just be, you know, another version of me, just a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like that, having a little slogan
2: so, Dr. Bobboneek, you've also mentioned in your book about attachments. Can you talk mm-hmm. a, I know mm-hmm. we're running out of time, but we i I would like to kind of have you cover that a little bit because I think that's new thinking for a lot of people.
1: yeah, I mean you know our our brains fixate on things, and you know we become attached to things that create pleasure, you know even if it's short-term thinking, right mm-hmm. and so part of the reason why we relapse is that we start to emit, we start to miss attachments and the things that uh, you know we always are used to eating and that give us that pleasure and so what we do is we start to build up a sense of deprivation over the time when we, when we are you know doing the, the behavior change, and that eventually snapped. And then we go back to relapsing, you know, to, to try to do that. What, what I find that people who are good with attachments um, are doing differently is that they're basically uh, either shrinking the, the, the attachment, make, making a little bit less, like my addiction to the, the drive through, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. you know, making that little bit less, little bit less, little bit less, as much as you can, whether it's a time between uh, doing those things or the amount each time you do it, you know, so different people have different strategies that work for them. And then the other thing that people do is they basically, you know, um, forgive themselves for having those attachments and, you know, have a different relationship with it over time. So everything around attachments has to be kind of a gradual thing. Even if you get somebody to go cold Turkey from the beginning, Eventually, they'll want some sort of version of it, some sort of substitute. You know, for me, it was soy chai. Uh, I got really addicted mm-hmm. to soy chai. And mm-hmm. so uh, full sugar soy chai has about 53 grams of sugar. I know you're cringing right now.
0: Yes. <laughs> <We> <laughs> and know. I, got, I got up
1: to like two a day. Oh. I got up to two a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it was pretty bad. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the attachment, I had to kind of gradually uh, reduce the size. Of those, Mm -hmm. and then the sugar content of those, and just really wean myself off little by little by little so that my brain didn't freak out.
2: You know, I know we, I've got many more questions. So it's it's been a really pleasure and I I, to have you on the show today. And you've got really great thinking. Because, you know what, we kind of think like you do. Exactly, so, that's so it's why so fun we think to talk great. to you. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's really been an, really a great pleasure to have you on today.
0: Yes, thank you so much, Dr. Bobinette. So, it's
1: been my pleasure. Thank you for your work.
0: Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing.
2: So I encourage everyone to go pick up the well-designed life and just give it a read mm-hmm. and pick out the things that really seem important for you and can, maybe take a new
0: pathway. That's right. It can change your life. Thank you for listening you. today.
1: Slow down. You move too fast. You got to make the most. Last, just kicking down the cobblestones Looking for fun and feeling